the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard continues with our account of creation. Join us, Truth For Today, from Valley Bible Church in Hercules is next. Today we would like to introduce to you the Father of the Bride. Hello and welcome to Truth For Today. We're back in the book of Genesis, taking a look at the account of creation, specifically that of man and woman, and then the subsequent fall as well. It's here that we find the marvelous grace of God in action and in great measure. Please join us and be encouraged. Even in the midst of the fall, grace is prevalent. For this edition of Truth For Today now, here's Pastor Phil Howard. Genesis 2, seedbed of the Bible. God is going to fill in for us. Some details, he created man in his image. He says that in chapter 1. But now he's going to tell us how he did it and give us more detail. And we just simply want to look at the creation of Adam, how God did it, very straightforward and simple. And then we want to just simply, as we go in the narrative, see the place that God placed him to live. And in the midst of that place... Look at all the provisions of God and consider the one prohibition of God. God's got a lot more provisions for us than he has prohibitions, but the devil makes you think everything is prohibited. God's given us more good things to enjoy than bad things to avoid. And so we want to look at that dynamic as we look in the narrative. And then we want to see how God came to the rescue of man when God determined it's not good for a man to be alone. And all the men said, Amen. And so we want to look at that and see what God did to cure the problem. He made a woe man. And uh, we'll look at that. Some of this stuff is original. It just comes out of my soul. Uh, I've had it in there a long time. Carolyn Tobin said, you're not going to say anything about me today, are you? I said, no, I'm just talking about a woman. And so, just if you're a woman, but you know, I'm just in the generic sense. Uh, verse 4, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Here we see an aspect that in chapter 1 he said, Man was made in the image and likeness of God. So he's a divine image bearer. And of all things, we come over here and find out that man who's made a little bit lower than the angels, above the plant creation and above animal creation, And God of all places forms him out of the dust of the ground. Maybe it's this uh, divine image bearer is to always be aware of where he came from. 
that his physical composition is but dust. And he says in the curse in Genesis 3, from dust you came to dust you shall return. You've sinned in the fall and dust is your destiny. Dust you came out of by the hand of God. We're just made out of dust. We're not a deity. The subtle thing that's going on in all kinds of religions and new age epitomizes that theology in our culture that the goal of Satan is not to get you to be as bad as you can be, but to convince you you have deity in you and to convince you that you are deity. He doesn't want you to be bad. He wants you to think you're a God. No matter how religious you act, be the best you want if you can just convince us that we're gods and not mere creatures of the dust made to bear his image that we bear in our intellect, will, and emotions. And so we see the man very clearly. He just uses a potter's term. He forms it, yatsar. He, he forms and shapes the clay. That's the substance of our creation, and he mentions that. Then he takes us to the garden where he puts man And he puts him in a garden in the east, in Eden, in verse 8. God planted a garden. It later takes on its name as Eden, but it was in the region of Eden. And Eden is found to be among four rivers. Two, we don't know where they are anymore, but we know the Tigris and the Euphrates are still there. And so, to the east, east of what? Jerusalem. When you get Bible directions in the Bible, north, south, east, west, it's always from Jerusalem. And east becomes the land of bad things. It becomes the land of Babylon. It becomes the plains of Shinar, where uh, Nebuchadnezzar sets up his idols, in which the certain books of the Bible refute in the last days that Antichrist will even be in that area. But to the east, in a place called Eden, God planted a garden. And there he put the man he had formed, and the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The names of the first is the Pishon. It it winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. What a great environment to be. An environment where trees growing, vegetation, water, this beautiful place. And God says, I put you there, Adam, to take care of it. Which is interesting that work was not given to man as a curse. There was work to do even before the fall. I put you there, Adam, to tend the garden, to subdue it, to take good care of it. And uh, I would say this, that Christianity elevates work to nobility. Christianity elevates work. 
that there's nothing mundane that's done, not evil, but that's done for God. As basic as tending a garden. That's what I want you to do, Adam. You take care of it. You rule over it. But take care of the garden. And most of you probably don't even like gardening work. Some of you don't like work. And that's a problem. Because man has been created to work. It's one of the things built into him. And the men who tell me that when they're out of work, they say they tend to feel worthless and tend to get in more trouble in their mind when they're not doing something productive at any time. It's real tempting when you get laid off a job. What do you do with all your idle time? Man is at his best when he is working, doing that which God wants him to do. And it goes the chain of work all the way from tilling the soil, groundwork, all the way to being the ophthalmologist or the brain surgeon. It starts with our father, Adam, being the gardener, tending the soil. And he says, I want you to take care of it for me. And uh, by the way, I've given you every tree, every tree there is in that garden, and you can eat from it, and you can enjoy it. It's all yours, except for one lousy solo tree. Don't eat it. Now, what would you do if you lived in the garden? If God told you don't eat a tree because when you eat it, you will die, would you not want to live on the edge of the garden and leave the tree in the middle? You wouldn't, would you? You sound guilty already. You'd move right up next to it. You would. History proves it because Adam acted for us. He did just what we would do. We were in his loins. We acted just like he acted. Guess what? He moves up to this tree and we'll find in chapter 3, the serpent meets them around the tree he sets up the temptation, and we'll deal with that later. But let me just deal with something that I think is interesting, that uh, what was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? What, 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 was such, uh, what was the thing about it? Why did they want it? Why was it so offensive? Come on. Well, someone said the fruit was poisonous. There's nothing that says that. Why was the uh, prohibition followed with you shall surely die? Otherwise, I'm going to kill you if you eat of it. I mean, at least to a child, we'll spank you, but to kill them? This is serious. What was it? What was it? Most don't know. So let me tell you what five scholars say. And uh, I'll tell you what I favor. God puts this tree there. And these are the descriptions of it I have found. Kidner and Gispin, two scholars. Kidner is a great writer. Derek Kidner, read, read everything he writes. He says that uh, it's simply good and evil are the consequences of disobeying the commandment. So that if you eat of the tree, you're going to find out what's good and what's evil. Well, would they have not known what good was if they'd never eaten of it? I think they would have, definitely. And so I think uh, there's more to it than that's what you're going to find out, good and evil, if you eat. The second view is uh, some say moral discernment. And this view along with the fifth view is, I think, close to it. Knowing the difference between right and wrong. Some say they're going to get this discernment that's like God. Uh, A scholar by the name of Winfield said it was sexual knowledge. That if they eat of this tree, they'll gain sexual insight. And the whole narrative seems to be against that because 
God does not prohibit sexual knowledge. As a matter of fact, he makes man and woman to procreate and to be sexual beings without sin. So it doesn't seem to be, it will offer sexual knowledge. It seems a far-fetched view. Uh, Some make it omniscience. That if they eat of this tree, they will enter into the realm of God, knowing everything about good and evil. Well, the weakness of the view is that after they ate of the tree, they didn't become omniscient. It didn't do that for them. Maybe they thought it would. It could be argued on that end. Uh, The view that uh, Gordon Wenham in Word Commentary and a leading Jewish scholar, Casuto, they argued for this view of it. And hear this, that what the tree offered was wisdom. It offered wisdom. It It offered insight. And at first that seemed so innocent a thing to prohibit. But it was discernment and insight about what is good and wrong independent of God. I'll find out for myself what is good. I'll find out for myself what is evil. And I'll determine that. And God has said in his word, I want to be the one that determines what is good for you. I want to be the one that determines what's bad for you. And I'll do it by divine revelation, not by human experience. And so the temptation is, You decide for yourself what's good and what's bad. Who is God to be telling me and prohibiting from me, knowing what's good for me, what's bad for me? And this very thesis, when Moses ends the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch, he takes off of this same theme that God's law was given to us to determine what's good for us, to determine what's bad for us, and we let God settle that issue without us finding out for ourselves. Listen to what he says in Deuteronomy. Turn there to me, the fifth book, fifth book of the Old Testament. And you've got a Bible, don't you? Because we loaned you one. <laughs> Turn there. If you, uh, if you read chapters 26 to 27, you would discover a covenant he made with Israel known as the Palestinian covenant. It's beyond the covenant at Sinai. And in it, they got on the Mount of Ebal and Mount Gerizim. One mountain, they pronounced the blessings. The other, they pronounced the cursings. And he's telling Israel, if you'll do what I say, I will bless you. If you don't do what I say, I will curse you. And then he brings it to a close. And listen to what he says in verse 11, chapter 30. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask or who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient... And if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. 
You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. From where? From my commandments. I've given you obey, you'll be blessed. Disobey, you'll be cursed. I've spelled out everything I want you to do that's good. I've pronounced everything to you that I consider evil and a curse is on it. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What is the tree? We will look at it more, but we must just get a glimpse of what the temptation is and what's going on, why it brought the death penalty. To eat of the tree was to say, God and his revealed word isn't good enough for me about what's good for me and what's bad for me. I'll decide that for myself. I am autonomous. I make those decisions. God says, you make that decision and that attitude, and I will kill you. There's another Eden in the Bible. It's mentioned in Ezekiel 28. And there it's the king of Tyre being energized by a satanic being, Satan himself. But you have a human king. And he's beginning to describe his great downfall. And he says, your downfall has come from your exceeding great beauty and your great wisdom that has turned you into a god. You know everything you ought to do. You're wise about everything. You don't need the revealed will of God. You don't need God to tell you what's right and wrong. And God says, I am the only one who knows what's good and who's bad for you. I prohibit you having that privilege. And yet, in every life, the tree is there. God has said what's good for us about sex. He's put boundaries around it. He said when we ought to do it. You ought to have it in marriage. You shouldn't do it before you get married. He's told us who we ought to marry. We ought to marry those of like faith. He's told us what we ought to do about our bodies, about our minds, what we can play with, what we can't play with. And when we obey his command, we know on his word what's good for us. And on his word, what's bad for us. But we enter into this If it feels good, I'm going to do it. I know what's good for me. God says, no, you don't. Nobody's telling me what to do. If I like it, I'm doing it. God says, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to let your sin kill you. I want it. I must take it. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil that I will find out by experience Because I won't let God's revelation determine good and evil. You know why we want to kill young people? Hear me, young people. Because you're making the same stupid choice as we did. And you're acting just as stupid as we did. And we're hoping you get smarter. You would think you'd look at your parents' wounds and heartbreaks and not duplicate their folly, but follow their God. But every generation wants to eat of the tree for themselves. I know what I want for my life. This is a good choice. I want to get married to this person. I feel it. I'm in love. You are? 
How long have you known him? A week. What do you got in common? He makes out good. All right. What else? We're both alive. Okay. What else? I feel it. I feel in love. Well, honey, you can feel out of love as quick as you can feel in love. The one man that he said his heart was glued, David's son, he said he first of all loved her so much his heart was attached to her, and then when he raped her, he hated her. He couldn't leave her alone and set her up in the tent one day, and he raped her. But he says, then he hated her as strongly as he had loved her. One act of sex, he hated what he slept with. That's how quick you can hate what you loved. One time. But now we've destroyed a girl that was put into perpetual virginity and her brother goes and kills the man. Unleashed all kinds of sin. But I know what's good for me. No, you don't. No, you don't. Admit you're a fool. Admit if you follow your glands or your brain, you're going to make stupid choices. You need divine revelation to tell you what's good. You need God's word to tell you what's bad. God won't be mocked by you treating him like a Johnny come late. You don't know what's good for me, God. I'll eat it. He said, the beginning of true wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If you'll fear me, I'll protect you. If you'll fear me, I'll protect you from the evil woman, he told the young man. I'll protect you from the drunkard. I'll protect you from an evil crowd that wants to slay somebody in chapter 1. If you come to my house, I'll have a feast called wisdom. But if you don't, in Proverbs 9, you'll go into the house of Mrs. Folly. But at her house, everybody dies. Because he serves Kool-Aid that kills you. And yet, I look around and the race is filled with asinine fools who are destroying their kids, destroying their marriages, destroying their health, destroying the family name because I want it and I know what's good for me. You're going to die. You're not only going to die you're probably going to go to hell. Because until you come to revere God enough to do what he says, you're under the sentence of death. You're walking under a guillotine that will fall sooner or later. Until you turn to the Lord, you're under the sentence of death. And we'll see that this happens in chapter 3. They plunge the race into death. Because they want it. When they want it, how they want it, and they don't give a damn what it does to the race. And they plunge this into eternal perdition if there had been no Jesus. And so it strips heaven of its fairest, Lord Jesus, to undo our stupid choice. It's our story. I'm talking about you and me. When will we let God tell us what's good for us? When will we let God tell us what's bad for us? And we don't have to experience, we just take him at his word. Well, there's one thing that wasn't good. It wasn't good for the man to be alone. And all the men said, and that's weak. <laughs> there won't be any cookies this week, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Write that off. You had a chance to get a good meal. If there's no loving tonight, it's your fault. I gave you a chance. The Lord God said in verse 18, One thing's not good on all I see, and that's seen Adam by himself. 
And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then, as we conclude our time together today, we would also invite you to partner with us. This radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us, as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large, and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges. No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.